Hello, welcome to Okawa Book Club. We're your hosts, I'm Dylan. I'm John. And we're going to be discussing the teachings of Riho Okawa. Riho Okawa is a world teacher, master, and CEO of Happy Science Group. It's a global utopian movement, and he's an international best-selling author with a simple goal, to help people find true happiness and create a better world. Okawa's deep compassion and sense of responsibility for the happiness of each individual have prompted him to publish over 2,700 titles of religious, spiritual, and self-development teachings, covering a broad range of topics, including how our thoughts influence reality, the nature of love, and the path to enlightenment. Okawa also writes on the topics of management, the economy, and the relationship between religion and politics in a global context. Okawa's books have been translated into 31 languages, and many of them have become best-selling titles, with over 100 million copies sold worldwide. So for all of you impacted by this deadly coronavirus, we feel for you, and we want to help you, which is why we're recording this podcast today. It's more than just a book, but it's the philosophy that Rihokawa offers that benefits human beings. And we've heard so many great testimonies from his readers around the world uh, before this podcast. And these readers are growing. They're becoming strong enough to get through such a tough time. And that's actually relating back to this book because you might wonder what the laws of steel means. Why does it mention steel? Actually, Rihokawa offers this perspective that the way to get through tough times is to become like steel. So you might have seen like a documentary or a program about how steel has been made, but steel is essentially taken, put through hot fire, drenched in cold water, and then smashed with a hammer. And this process is repeated again and again until the steel becomes very strong. In the same way, our souls go through so many circumstances in life so much trials and tribulations. And Riho Okawa's teachings give us that sustenance to get through such tough times and turn our past negative experiences into something golden, into something where we're able to grow ourselves and become bright, shining human beings through this experience. All right, so the full title of this book is The Laws of Steel, Living a Life of Resilience, Confidence, and Prosperity. As is often the case in Ryo Okawa's books, this one covers a variety of important topics that are relevant to our present time. The first chapter is called The Mindset to Invite Prosperity, and it discusses prosperity both in terms of money and spiritual development. Ryo Okawa challenges the notion that we are living in an age uh, where prosperity is no longer attainable. and discusses the mindset that is required to invite prosperity. The second chapter is called the Law of Cause and Effect. This law is well known to many Eastern religions. It's often called karma. And the essence of it is that for every action, there is a reaction. And uh, that nothing could be achieved in a single leap. In order to achieve prosperity, in order to have that sense of resilience in this life, every person needs to understand that development and progress are a very gradual thing. And that idea is explored at length in that chapter. Chapter 3 is called Fulfilling Noblesse Oblige and discusses uh, such notions as artificial intelligence, the inevitable extension 
of the human lifespan and the threats of authoritarian nations in the world today, all of which are connected in ways that you may not have thought of. Chapter four is called Be Confident in Your Life. This chapter discusses the necessity of discovering passion within yourself to be successful in work and discusses various economic uh, issues that are facing the world today and discusses how to take the light of God and live with it and, and bring it uh, through everything we do in our lives. Chapter five is called A Savior's Wish and it discusses the notion of what a savior is, what a savior does, and how each of us can access a part of ourselves that is connected to God or Buddha and carries out a divine mission that all of us uniquely have. Chapter six is called The Power to Make Miracles. This chapter explores the concept that there are certain conditions required to make miracles, such as living with a transparent heart and having a sense of love. And Ryokawa explains how we can do this, which gives us a lot of hope. Well, John, you mentioned a lot of different themes and topics in the table of contents, but if we want to simplify this book down and why all these different topics are somehow connected, it actually comes down to just a few points. So the first words in the preface, it says, this book will guide you to live a life with resilience and strength. And if we find the subtitle of the book, it says living a life of resilience, confidence, and prosperity which is connected. So in all these different topics, such as global affairs, the savior and miracles and laws of cause and effect, etc., everything comes back to how to live with a steel heart. In other words, a heart of steel. And you might wonder what a heart of steel is, but it's actually something, if you've ever seen a steel sword, this might be a good metaphor. It doesn't refer to having a heart that is closed and obstinate and stubborn. No, it's actually a very, it's a flexible and resilient kind of steel. In other words, it's preparing ourselves to live in tough times by not giving in to our circumstances, but working through our circumstances in the best possible way. And to be honest, this book was actually created for the mindset we should have as human beings in this year, 2020. The author, Riho Okawa, he chose the title and the theme before 2020 began. He knew that this year was going to be a tough year for human beings. He knew that the world was going to have lots of obstacles this year. But he wrote this book to prepare us for this tough year. And if you've ever heard of the, the fable of Pandora's box, you might have thought that 2020 is something similar to that story. And actually, it's quite true. But to give you some reassurance, the merit at the end of that story is when everything escaped from Pandora's box, one thing remained. That was hope. This book is, in other words, the hope in Pandora's box in this year 2020. We're all suffering from coronavirus. We're all suffering from the economic recession. We're all suffering from the threat of war and of national conflicts. However, Riho Okawa, he loves his readership. He loves those who are practicing his teachings. And by reading this book, we're going to fill our hearts with that hope that we've been looking for, that hope that we need to survive through this tough age. Building that steel heart Living with that hope and creating that resilience within us is exactly what we need now and what we need to help other people practice in their own lives as well. So let's go further into the book and discuss these topics further. Well, John, 
So today we'll be talking specifically in regards to the world problem of AI as well as stimulus checks that we receive from the government. So what's the morality behind these things and where does the spiritual development lie within them? Nobody expected the coronavirus to come into the world this year in 2020. And thus far, the economic impact of the coronavirus has been devastating uh, mm. on the global economy. Many people right now are either unemployed or partially employed due to closures of various businesses in the economy. And as a, as a consequence of that, people are relying upon stimulus checks and increased unemployment benefits. However, we don't generally think of the consequences of accepting additional help from the government. Mm. It seems like something easy and um, helpful mm. at first glance. And in a certain sense, I suppose it can be. However, it has consequences not only to the economy, but also to our spiritual nature. Mm. So I think what we're getting to is the purpose of our lives as human beings and the purpose of our spiritual lives here on this planet. There's things more important than economic efficiency, more important than working like a machine in that kind of hierarchical structure. But life is so much more deep than the problems we're facing and how we're thinking about them. In this book, Riho Kawa says in the preface very sternly, Do you understand my severe criticism of the current situation in politics that only encourages people to think about receiving from the government? And as you mentioned, John, we tend to think that getting money for free is a good thing, but we don't think about the consequences. The consequences are very important, though, because nothing in life is free. We always have to make a certain sacrifice in order to get a certain reward. And the sacrifice in this case is the sacrifice of our spiritual happiness because our soul is industrious worker, as Riho Kawa teaches us. Our soul benefits from things like self-help and from things like putting in a hard day's work, sweating, and then after the day, reflecting on our, our day and seeing how we can improve ourselves and what we learned. So these are kind of essential themes of all religions. And by getting away from that, we start to realize that we're straying from God's path when we start to take the easy road in life. And I think that's what Riho Kawa is saying in his book, The Laws of Steel, especially in the chapter, Fulfilling Noblesse Oblige. So can you, uh, can you talk about what he says in that chapter regarding the temptation of laziness? Okawa, speaking as usual in a very translucent and personal way that is influenced by his own experiences, states in The Laws of Steel that I have given quite a number of lectures, but sometimes I'm tempted to think that it might be better to give lectures less frequently to attract more listeners to each lecture. If I reduce the number and just lecture once a month, for example, more people might attend each occasion. Every time this crosses my mind, I give it a second thought so as not to give in to such a temptation. It would only make me lazy. I think that often in life, um, in the present state of the world and the present state of culture and socioeconomic developments, we're often looking to streamline things mm -hmm. and do everything the easiest and fastest way possible with the minimal amount of work. And Ryo Kawa stands against this and often speaks about the need for work and the human soul and how uh, laziness is not natural for the human spirit and soul. And work is a pivotal part of our existence mm. as is self-reliance. So when we are relying on the government 
for everything, we sacrifice our sense of self-reliance. And instead of making the self-sacrifice of putting more of an effort into our lives to better ourselves and to experience progress that we create in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And that kind of leads us naturally to the next question of, about AI. So artificial intelligence is something that has gotten a lot of traction in recent years. And people have taken their positions. Some are very for it, some are very against it. And Riho Okawa, he talks about both sides in this book. He says that regarding AI, I'll quote from page 96, there is a positive side to this. In a simple way, it could help to reduce the number of employees and keep operational costs down, thereby stabilizing the company management. But seen from the opposite angle, this could inevitably lead to a drop in simple labor employment. Peering behind the government's intention in encouraging people to increase their number of holidays, it could also be interpreted that people should work only about half of the year and instead increase temporary employment. So skipping ahead, he says, Nevertheless, areas remain that AI technology cannot sufficiently cover. Language, in particular, seems to be one such area. For example, I've heard that the English language skills of AI have been enhanced to score over 900 points on the TOEIC test. And then skipping ahead, he says, while it can obtain high scores in mathematics, physics, and subjects that heavily rely on memorization, it remains less adapted to subjects like English and other linguistically related studies, which have flexible answers. I have no intention of casting a shadow over the future of people doing engineering work in computers and AI technology. I hope that those engaged in these activities will better develop products through competition, thereby bringing a brighter future more quickly and achieving great success. Later in this book, he discusses other areas such as management, sales, human creativity, and the religious field, which will not be taken over by AI, no matter how much it progresses. So Riho Okawa, he's offering a little bit of a different perspective than the modern day engineer and the modern day scientist. And what he's doing is showing that AIs will always have their limit because they'll never be able to replicate the human heart or the human emotion completely. They might try, but they'll never be able to reach a state as developed as human beings who are created by God or Buddha and have the divine nature within them. And this is an essential point of all of his teachings that he's given. Human beings are not robots and they're not material. They have souls in them. And the essence of the human soul is the original nature as a child of God or Buddha. And knowing that fact is enough to know why human rights need to exist in politics and why human beings have value in the field of law. It is because human beings themselves have something deep intrinsically within themselves that is eternal. It is something that never diminishes, no matter if we think about things from an economic, political, or worldly perspective, something transcends. And that's why he writes so many books. So, John, I know that you've been moved by Riho Kawa's teaching, and... I was wondering how they've made you understand yourself as a child of God or Buddha or be able to see yourself more confidently as such a being rather than as a material being or someone who in Christian terms would be called a child of sin. I think that's an excellent question, Dylan. Ryokawa's many, many teachings, as I said earlier, they, they always emphasize such ideas as self-sufficiency and the importance of individuality without 
sacrificing the compassion and the, the interrelational connection that we all have with the world, you know, because we are all children of God or Buddha. And so these teachings have helped me to go through the world with a greater sense of compassion, but also a greater sense of determination. Mm. And early in the Laws of Steel, uh, Ryokawa discusses some of the works of Dale Carnegie, and reinterprets them for contemporary times. And I think there is a lot of value in those, in the ideas of Dale Carnegie that he explores. So, you know, as an example, um, they said, well, they essentially, it's about just turning every, every difficulty has the possibility for an opportunity in it. And so when I go through life, I've learned to take very difficult circumstances and to turn them into an opportunity for the development of not only my material life, but also my soul. Mm. And Ryokawa often states that we're all given a workbook of problems in life. And I think that if we see our life that way, instead of seeing ourselves as victims of circumstance and dependent upon our environments, uh, we go through our life much more happily Mm. and uh, more intelligently, I believe. And we're able to learn from our experiences and not feel that we have to rely upon some external force to fix things for us and some type of regulation, you know, which ultimately, (laughs) I suppose, amounts to reliance upon governments where we would have you know an increasingly large government that would regulate every aspect of our lives you know which i think ai would be a part of that if it were going to um, happen it would it's something that would be implemented and there's a lot of dangers in that you know i don't think it's just economic i think it's also um the impact that it has upon our our minds and our souls and our lives uh would be absolutely tremendous Yeah, and it's not just some wild theory, but if we look at the Communist Party of China and their government, we are seeing them implement these very concepts of AI into their national cyber espionage of their own citizens, and they are not allowing their citizens freedom of speech, freedom of thought, or freedom of political expression by using these very technologies against humans' um, freedom, as I mentioned. So it's not like uh, a wild concept that it could happen here as well. So we always have to be on the lookout for these kind of things because it's a very slippery slope when we start to go down these paths. And it's much easier to get yourself into these situations than to get yourself out of them when they've already been established. So as we found in this book, macro scale problems like big governments, AI, and the relations between the free world and the communistic world And we are seeing a kind of perspective, not from the eyes of a human being, but from someone who's seeing the world from a higher perspective. And I think what Rihokawa offers in his works and all of his great books is this chance for us to see the world from much higher eyes, from a much higher perspective. And we'll we'll find our minds being expanded and we'll find ourselves being able to understand the world's problems much more clearly and simply. So I... I strongly recommend you to go to okawabooks.com. That's O-K-A-W-A-B-O-O-K-S.com. And find The Laws of Steel on that website. And search around. You'll find so many more works that will inspire you and help you reach your fullest potential as a human being. Thank you so much for joining us today for Okawa Book Club. We hope you tune in for next week where we'll be talking about The Real Exorcist. In these trying times, stay happy, healthy, and positive.